0: Lord, at times we sing words because we know them, and we pray that uh, the words would be our prayer to you, and that we would uh, we, we would not only comprehend the words, but that we would appropriate the words. We pray now this evening that you will come in, in your might, and in your power, be with us, speak to us through your word, and when we pray. We ask that you will kindly send and hear our prayer. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Okay, let me turn into the book of Jonah, chapter four. Jonah, chapter four, and verse one. It says there, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. Jonah's attitude is what I will be speaking about. And you often wonder what ever happened to Jonah because the book of Jonah ends very abruptly. It actually ends in a stalemate or standoff between Jonah and the Lord. And sometimes it's really amazing that God allows us speak to him in, in the way that we do, uh, whether it be in prayer or um, even in common conversation. It is really amazing how God stoops. But we often wonder what happened to Jonah um, because of the ending. And there's a reason for this, is because the book of Jonah is not about Jonah, is about the sovereignty of God in the lives of men. Almost on every page, we read the phrase and the word of the Lord, or "And God spoke to the fish. The Lord said to Jonah, the Lord sent out a wind. The Lord sent out a great fish. The Lord spoke to the fish in the book of Jonah there's a gap between a servant of God and the Lord himself there's a big gap between us and God and the gap is very big God is more concerned about the worker doing the work more Than he is concerned about the work itself. He's more concerned about the person or persons doing the work. And sometimes we don't think that way. Many times in the work of the ministry, the Lord is dealing with those in the ministry and the congregation to show us our bad attitudes. And this is what Jonah is all about. God showing Jonah his attitude. It's always good to consider the setting of the book before considering the specifics of the book as we look at the worker, Jonah. In chapter one, we see Jonah the procrastinator God sent him to Nineveh. He rebelled in favor of personal pleasure. Whatever it is, I don't know, but he was on a ship going in the wrong direction. And we know the story very well. But Jonah was in rebellion against God. I remember a long time ago, the late Dr. Jeff Adams, principle of the Baptist Seminary was here with us for a week. And one Sunday he preached here at our church to us and he keeps saying, don't be a Jonah, don't be a Jonah. He probably said it a dozen times. Don't be a Christian who is always a wall. That's what Jonah was away without leave in chapter two last time we saw that jonah prayed and when in desperation we often pray and jonah prayed prayed when he was in desperation in chapter four he prays again but he wasn't in desperation in chapter three jonah preached and all oh, how he preached. He preached repentance to the city of Nineveh, and the city was spared. And the Lord made reference to this preaching. But here in chapter 4, we see Jonah's misguided priorities. Jonah was not so much concerned about the salvation of men as much as he was concerned about his personal safety and preservation, terrible. You read through the book of Jonah, well, you should see these things. I have been watching our church very carefully over the months and often, become disturbed because of our misguided priorities. I've been watching our church for some time. And I hope that our men have the same eyes and vision that I have for this church. I I hope so. Otherwise this church would not last as long as a snow cone in Barbados. Misplaced priorities. Jonah had misplaced priorities. Study the Bible. I urge you to study the Bible. Jonah four verse one says, but it displeased Jonah exceedingly. And he was very angry. What made the Lord happy did not make Jonah happy. It made him angry. Look carefully at the volume of Jonah's displeasure. It says it displeased Jonah exceedingly. In other words, he was real mad. Jonah's displeasure was beyond measure. In other words, he was fuming. He was displeased over the salvation of lost sinners in Nineveh. Jonah felt he should have been better off at home. His life was just spared. Remember, he was just vomited up on the seashore by a miraculous word of God, but he was unthankful and displeased over those lives that were spared. God put this in here. Back in chapter two, Jonah prayed for himself, but he never once prayed for the people he ministered to. People at Nineveh was wicked. He did not love the people of Nineveh as God did. And when you and I do not love people, we wouldn't speak to them about God, about Christ. We wouldn't say a word. As far as I'm concerned, they can perish. That's not my mind. Sunday, I was talking to Isaac right there. I said, what are you doing with your life, man? Now you see me, now you're doing God needs men like you. I ain't that much your friend that I ain't going to tell you about the need you have for the Savior. I ain't that much friendly with you. Jonah didn't love the people of Nineveh. and rightly saw so, there were enemies of God, Assyria. Jonah prayed again in chapter four, but this time his prayer was out of line with the will of God. And sometimes our prayers can be out of touch with God. Verse two says, chapter four, And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee Of the evil. I wonder which country Jonah was in that he called it his country. I wonder which country he was in because he ain't got no country. But it only goes to show Jonah's attitude. I want to take note of Jonah's attitude that filters through his prayer. First, Jonah's prayer bore excuse for his anger. He says, the reason I am angry and I rebel was because I know that you are sovereign, merciful and forgiven. So that's why I fled to Nineveh. How, How wicked can some men behave? We often think that we have the right to ease and pleasure. I went there because I know what you was going to do. That's what Jonah said. That's an attitude. Jonah's prayer was theologically and diametrically out of line. And he says in verse 3, Therefore now, O Lord, take, I beseech thee, my life from me. For it is better for me to die than to live. No. I, I don't I don't know how you can say that. And this is a man here that is totally out of line to say it's better for him to die than to live. Only God knows that. Paul Paul said that, but he's but Paul said it under different circumstances when he said it is far better for me to die and to be with the Lord, Paul was going through a whole lot. But depression and frustration in the Lord's people are always a bad mix. The moment you begin to get depressed to this stage, you are in, you're on wrong footing. Jonah's excuse for his anger and his rebellion was that he wanted his own way. And most of the time when anger festers in the lives of, of, in the lives of God's people is because they cannot get their own way. You ever see children with, uh, with a tantrum and I, I, it's always seem as that they just be doing it with their mother. Uh, I never see children behaving like that with their dad. It's always with their mother. The airport. This one lagging behind and stomping his feet. It's, you know, somehow they seem to get away with this with mom, but but not with dad. But some Christians behave like this because they can't get their own way, and this is very unfortunate. But the Lord responded to Jonah's childlike anger in verse four. Then the Lord said, Doest thou well to be angry?" God said to him, Jonah, you do not have a case. And there are times when Christians should be angry. But really, do people get angry for the sins they see in their lives or or in the lives of people in their church. They don't get angry about these things. When you see how people are dishonoring the Lord, you should get angry. The Bible says that one can be angry and sin not. But we see another attitude in Jonah. We see Jonah's withdrawal, withdrawal, verse five. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city. And there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. Now, instead of Jonah, stick it out, stick around and help these new converts. You see what he did. He went out of the city. He preached to them, but he didn't want to live with them. He went out of the city, the same place he was called to labor. To go out of the city can mean anything spiritually. Just like the prodigal, whenever we are out of the will of God, we will find ourselves out of the city. in our city sojourning like the prodigal and at times servants of God can act worse than those who don't know God and this God is opening up Jonah's attitudes no matter it's not if Jonah was a believer or not I'm not going there I don't want to go there We withdraw ourselves from service. We withdraw ourselves from fellowship. We withdraw ourselves from God's people. I am watching this church very carefully. I hope you, you have the same mind as I have. If you are a lay person, if you're a lay preacher, if you are a servant, you should have the mind of Christ. the end of the day, the only one we hurt when we withdraw ourselves is ourselves. Jonah wanted God, he ran out there and sit down and he wanted God to destroy Nineveh. He, he, he ran out there to, or, or, to look to see if God was really going to save the city. But lastly, we see Jonah's priorities, misguided priorities, verse 6. Lord God prepared a gourd. It's a plant. Made it to come up over Jonah. That it might be a shadow over his head. God provided a shade for Jonah to deliver him from his grief. You know, at times, you and I, we, we don't deserve God's mercies. We really don't, because God should have consumed this man on the spot, but he, he gave him some temporal relief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd. He made a little hut, or shade, to shade himself. Now, all the things that brought comfort to Jonah were temporal, were temporary, The Lord here is showing Jonah his priorities are conflicting with the Lord's priorities. That's what he's showing him. The Lord is interested in the souls of lost sinners in the church, in our church. God's servants at times show more interest in the creature comforts of this world. They can find quality time to find pleasure but god's time is always meager and we should look carefully at these things in the bible god reacted to jonah's creature comfort in verse 7 and 8 but god prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gore that it withered. <laughs> and it came to pass when the sun did rise, that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, it is better for me to die than to live. You see how God is dealing with Jonah. God is showing Jonah where his priorities are in temporal things. And not where it should have been. As a prophet, Jonah wasn't thinking like God. And as Christians, at times, you and I don't think the way God thinks. The very things that God gives man for blessings are the very things he uses to bring curse upon us, our children that we worship, our properties, our vehicle. The same things that we worship at times are the same things that curse us. God Yeah, God does that. He's suffering. He's dealing with Jonah. Just as quick as Jonah's comfort came up, it disappeared. And today you and I may be healthy, but tomorrow that health will flee away. Look look at Nigel, a big strapping man. It's over a month now. He's laid up. And I was there with him and I tell him, you you better you better think about what God is saying to you. Because obviously he's saying something. The Lord will now show Jonah explicitly his sad priorities, and that's that's the end of the chapter. Verses 9 through 11, God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd, the little plant that I give you for death? He said, I do well to be angry even unto death. And the Lord speak. And that's how the the book ends. Then said, The Lord thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither made Mm. it grow. Which came up in a night and perished in a night. It only lasted a day. And should I not spare Nineveh, that great city, wherein are more than six score thousand persons? That's all it had. That cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Why did God want to see it save the cattle? Because cattle is used for sacrifice for God. That's why he spared the cattle. He now will accept the Ninevites' offering that Jonah wanted to see perish. Jonah is the only book that ends with a rebuke to the principal character in the book is a reminder that most of a servant's ministry is the life of God's dealings with them. Most of the ministry of a servant of God is God dealing with that servant. And at times he uses people To deal with one person. He is more interested. In shaping the lives of those doing his work. Than the actual work. That they are doing. Moses. God was about to kill Moses son. Because Moses was busy doing God's work, God was going to take him away. Attitudes are not seen, brethren. They are manifested in our actions. And that's why I'm watching this church carefully. Lack of gospel interest is an attitude. Decisions we make in the ministry is an attitude. Posture and disposition are revealing attitudes. God is more interested in Christian integrity and character than all preaching and teaching and all working. Integrity and Christian character are rare commodities in the lives of many, many people today. Sometimes I am shocked, I am stunned what some Christians, some Christian men and their wives are doing. A wall, away without leave, closed in their personal life's dealings I Pastor, I'm gonna be gone for 10 years. That's it, nothing else. Suppose I was to tell you that, church, I'm gone for 10 years. Well, you want me to go up there? Well, you shouldn't. Is integrity only good for a preacher and not a layman? We all have the same rule book. Disrespectful to those in public ministerial office. That's an attitude. These are issues. Jonah preached the message of God and the message that God bid him to preach, but his behavior before he preached and after he preached, left us wondering. Read the book, it left us wondering. Read the the whole book. God closed out the book showing his love he began with love, he ends with love. He began saying, go and preach the preaching I bid you. He end by saying, just could I not save this people? And somewhere along the line, Jonah was left in the rubble. Pouting, ends with love. Begins with the Lord and the Lord said, Notice the book begins this way. The book of Jonah, it begins with the Lord and it ends with the Lord. And at the end of the day, it is the Lord who begins any good in us, and it is He who has the last say. All Jonah was doing is pouting in depression. God often shows us the attitudes of his servants, because they are like us. They're like me and you. And it behooves us all to weigh our attitudes in the Christian life and in this ministry in the light of God's word. And listen to the word of God, and follow the word of God. God said, thou hast had pity And the gourd for which thou hast not labored, neither made it to grow, which came up in the night and perished in the night. Taking off your job and the money you're making. Think of these things in life that you're cherishing. God give us these things to enjoy. Think of them. That which was temporal was given more interest than that which is eternal. Jonah chapter 4, the attitudes of Jonah. We should ponder them carefully, go through it. And may God have his way in our lives this evening.